I'm Lizanne Flynn. I'm a master healer who works with both animals and humans, individually and together, in reuniting body and soul. I'm the bridge for relationships between earthlings of all species so that the ripple effects of energetic shifts by each is honored and valued. I'm an animal communicator, medium, and medical intuitive, and I use the tools of shamanic journeying and soul retrieval to support all earthlings in their recovery from past trauma. I'm certified as a Reiki master teacher and as a canine massage therapist. This is the Animals I View podcast. Another true story and blast from my past to start this podcast, because I think it illuminates how our species can quickly fall into stereotypes where feminine and masculine are concerned, and why it's much better to shift into the language of energy and how it feels, regardless of natal gender. Only what energy is present in any species' earthly experience is what matters. And that is best left to what the body says because it's guided by the wisdom of soul path. If we should care to listen and then not listen to what others perceive or what may be true for them in their experience. It's not ever going to work, the animals say, to place a belief system or behavioral parameter about how to be. And yes, this last is our animal ambassador, B, B-E-E, chiming in from the most recent podcast. We can get quickly derailed from our highest and best good collectively when we seek to blame, justify, or defend any stage or any one in any stage of the, quote, feminine principle as defined by maiden, mother, and crone. Because, as per usual, the animals continue... Our human-centric view of the world has quite a bit to learn, from not only other species, but also from a genderless and formless embrace of the mirror of these ebbs and flows throughout the lives of all species, regardless of planetary experience. The feminine principle isn't able to be defined by humans or in being told by animals either, which they wouldn't do anyway because it is to be felt. We're talking about the language of energy, which can be spelled, of course, that much you all know by now. It's just that this state of being is claimed unnecessarily as being only human, which isn't true at all, to which an orca mother and her offspring, specifically her male offspring, will attest. And it could be that at the end of this, we implode this so-called principle, which is defined as a comprehensive and fundamental law, doctrine, or assumption, primary source, and an underlying faculty or endowment, which is applicable then to every living being on the planet as being self-defined by the body. And, of course, because this is a fixed design planet, so too is the feminine definition fixed as evidence specifically because of life forms starting out young, the maiden, coming of age to create other life and energy forms, the mother, and then hopefully having accumulated knowledge over a lifetime, the crone, to become wise enough to share with those who have the greatest need, which are full circle, the young as they begin the whole next generation. It's an embrace of the cyclical nature of the earth, which the animals say we started off by referring to as feminine and or female. 
Because of her, and they stress that part, immutable abundance and reproductive abilities, right? So we saw and experienced this, and as it mirrored our own then-identified as binary female, we began to perceive that we, humans, are able to conquer and then bend to our liking the Earth's astounding procreativity to provide for all of the beings attached by gravity and desire to be here— the animals would interject at this point in time, quote, some more than others, that this presence of the feminine principle was considered to be a right versus the privilege that all other species know it to be. Again, I'll stress that this feminine principle isn't the purview of those born with the binary gender identity placed upon them a female due to the external and internal visual representation or definition according to humans. It is a much wider and deeper scope meant to represent the life cycle of all as a platform within the astonishing diversity of other animals. The ebbs and flows of this energy do have characteristics that are felt as different by the body, and so too they are different energies within the cycle of Earth herself that is currently imbalanced by our species. It's fair to say, the animals interject, that there isn't a partnership and balance within the feminine principle by the human animal, and only by breaking down the aspects of it will there be light and a hope of not rankling anyone and causing hackles to raise. So we'll be taking a look at the feminine principle from the inside out, as it were, and laying new foundation for the aspects of the principle itself while being guided by energy all the while. And I would have to say perhaps a visual of a Mobius strip might come in handy as we start from the aspect of Maiden and the aforementioned story. I was driving my younger sisters, either one or two of them, up to a nearby college town in Colorado. I was probably 20, 21 maybe, and it was likely after a midsummer break or something like that. And I was driving one of the family cars, which at that point was a Plymouth Valiant V8. There you go. <laughs> That's another blast from the past. It had a white vinyl top and a green body. And in addition to the power of the beast, the V8, it sat at least six comfortably, depending upon the size of the child in our family's case at that point in time. And it probably was the car my mom drove, as my dad drove smaller and more economical cars every day for work. My parents, as an aside, were the owners of one of the earliest Hondamatics, as they were called, and likely when Honda was just breaking into the car manufacturing industry in the 1970s, which for all of my siblings and I was the preferred car to drive around town, the certainly sportier by comparison three-door Honda hatchback. To be sure, it would have done okay on the slightly more than an hour drive up to the college town, and yet because there were three of us in the car and probably clothes and luggage as well, we drew the short straw, as it were, of the Valiant. We didn't think it was going to matter much, although a similar issue had arisen about a week earlier in the church parking lot, no less, and on the family's way back home from Sunday Mass, a non-coincidence if I ever heard one, as you will soon see. 
if I had been paying attention to energy, even a 16th of what I do now, that was a heads up from the universe about this somewhat fateful trip with three young women in the car, attempting to figure out, as we eventually did, how to problem solve what turned out to be car trouble about two thirds the way up north to college, and about my conversation with my dad, knowing how to go about solving this car issue, where he encouraged me to find some, quote, nice young man to help me as the oldest one and by default in charge sibling of the three, and my fiery response before hanging up the payphone on him. (laughs) The Valiant had a tendency, because of its age as well as the engine design, to go into what's called vapor lock, which is when the liquid fuel becomes hot enough to vaporize. Then the engine doesn't have the correct air-to-fuel ratio when it hits the carburetor causing vapor or air bubbles to form out of the liquid fuel. So the internal combustion engine starts to stall or runs rough, you know, the sorts of external messages of energy coming from a machine that makes energy that says, well, this isn't going well. (laughs) I'm going to let you feel how well this isn't going so that you can take the appropriate measures and fix the problem before the wheels literally stop turning. It can happen with older model cars, certainly before advancements were made to help with this issue. Weather can be a factor, particularly hot weather and altitude. Hello, the Mile High City can also be a factor with a lower boiling point of fuel that causes the bubbles to be created. This concludes our mechanical and scientific portion of the podcast. (laughs) We were on our merry way, radio playing, no cell phones or wireless Bluetoothing in this vehicle, no streaming services, just chit-chat and me behind the wheel, starting to sense slash feel the communication from the car. Yes, three maidens starting off on a journey together in the family car, and as you might imagine, with a bit of a feeling of adventure, being on our own and having a small road trip about which to have good memories. And certainly that would have been the outcome (laughs) had the car not started to stutter and shudder and knock under the hood on the highway so that we limped our way into the cracker barrel or whatever store slash gas station it was at the time. We cautiously cracked open the hood of the engine and noticed quite a bit of steam coming up and certainly heat off the engine. And we noticed that the temperature gauge of the engine had also been steadily creeping up. It didn't look like the radiator was the real issue as in overheating. And again, this had already occurred in the parking lot of my parents' church and perhaps HE double hockey sticks fire and damnation had something to do with it at that time. In our case, it was definitely the heat of the day, high altitude, long trip, and the design of the V8 engine. We three gathered around the car, looked at each other uncertainly, and although we were brought up to be (laughs) independent-ish, this felt at the time to be beyond our capabilities. Plus, I thought my parents would want to know of our car trouble, as it was their car after all, and while we thought about taking it to a local auto repair shop, It would be best to clear that with both our parents and their checkbook. We called home and my dad answered and I can feel in hindsight his fear of not being present to protect his darling daughters that was underlying his impatience and frustration being a parent now myself. We do try to lead with our best foot forward in times of anxiousness and sometimes our fear gets the best of us so that we become angry with relief that the child who crossed the road by themselves is safe once again. When I explained what was happening, my dad's question was, well, why don't you see if you can find some nice young man around there to help you with this? 
As I said, to this day, I still remember my apparently righteous anger when I answered, I don't need any man to solve this problem for me, before hanging up on my dad. Remember, no cell phones. So we decided to wait. We gave the car time to cool down. We drove a bit slower up to the college. And in order to draw heat away from the engine, we used the air vents inside of the car to pull cooler air from the outside over the engine. And of course, then heating up the interior of the car on a summer day. (laughs) And full disclosure, in case any of my sibs are listening to this, it's my memory and I'm sticking to it. There are a few details that may be a little off. (laughs) We eventually made it to the college. I dropped my sisters off and endeavored to make my way home again, alone, driving below the speed limit just a bit and melting, (laughs) literally melting in the combined heat of the day and a warm engine to boot. I can't remember if my dad and I had a conversation about what had happened. I would be surprised if we didn't. And maybe I called him as I made my way home again, stopping once or twice. That much likely happened. What is clear to me was my indignation that while on this journey, I didn't need a man to fix it for me. That in itself seems such an affront to my dignity as a young woman and, quote, women's liber, as that term was tossed around in those days. Most of us live in a patriarchal society, which, by definition, is a social organization marked by the supremacy of the father in the clan or family, the legal dependence of wives and children, and the reckoning of descent and inheritance in the male line, more broadly, controlled by men of a disproportionately large share of power. Remember, this is not a referendum on the masculine principle which we'll get to in a later podcast because balance of partnership is important, right? This is about a human structure that, air quotes, we, as in the Queen's we, have placed upon our entire species that is linked likely to past civilizations and what evolved based upon the ebb and flow of collective human experience and experiment. In reality, we all must be aligned with the feminine principle. Remember, natal gender doesn't matter with this planetary principle of following the procreative cycle of Earth herself. That after the adventures of the maiden, where you are discovering your likes and dislikes, your edges or lack thereof, your own individual energetic fingerprint, located deep within your soul and placed within a human organic machine that resonates so deeply with whatever feeds that soul in your planetary experience, comes the mother part of the cycle. And let's be clear. We don't have a soul factory on Earth, and we all come from different places in the galaxy. And just now I'm hearing, allow my spelling and use of the word galaxy to reverberate within your body. And if you can, look up. Look up to where your galactic family resides and feel the extra bit of space, of breathing room that it brings into your body. And as they come up, Honor these emotions and take a deep breath to make space for them. Because the mother part of this cycle may have already begun back when one was still in the germinating, or so I'm hearing, phase, as in maiden, as these are not the hard and fast cutoffs that humans perceive they are. And actually, hopefully, there's an ebb and flow back and forth reminiscent of a sand sculpture landscape, or so I'm seeing now, where you can tilt the frame 
that's your experience and your choices, back and forth to deposit a lighter color here and a darker color there and so forth. The mother cycle is beyond the initial rooting phase, although it's fair to say that even the roots as we grow beyond a pale seedling are matched by what's seen above ground. The complexity of the growth patterns as viewed by the rings on the trunk of a tree tell a mesmerizing story of years of astounding growth and some years of little growth, some years of copious amounts of rain and very little rain at all. And I hope you're sensing the metaphors here, (laughs) y'all. The mother phase of growth and procreation of producing young and babies, according to human definition, that animals would say is actually about the flourishing of a planetary experience and the giving back in many different shapes and forms of that experience so that others can either use it as replacing or supplanting what is no longer in service to the planet and or by becoming fertilizer, both literally and figuratively, for other procreation on earth. A smile is an act of procreation, as is a laugh. So too is a work of art or literature. The same goes for an actual physical life form and the standing in the stead of mother to another life form. The one who steadies, the one who flexes, the one who stands firm, and certainly the one who celebrates continued growth of those they love. And at this point, Orca Mother swims close, reminding me of the article about how their energy in the latter part of their natural life cycle of up to 90 years may go to feeding their adult grown male offspring, which research says may be in part because of maternal experience in catching prey, the salmon, these members of the dolphin family decreasing in number, cue climate change and warming seas, as well as the males may be too large physically to efficiently hunt and kill their own prey. Just as in our species where one female offspring goes on to have one pregnancy at a time, a male orca may father as many as 20 calves or more. As the family groups, or matrilenes are called, orcas are the only known mammal social structure who spend their whole lives together. A much larger orca comes by and his energy is quite different from the mother orca. He eyes me with complete neutrality and nods his head slowly as if in agreement. He further states, As we spend our lives together and have only the feminine principle, as you may refer to it as our structure, perhaps you can see it's not a win-lose proposition for those who are female or for those who are male, as both male and female principles. There's a little sideways wiggle that makes me feel an air quote around the word principles, as it is to the earth upon whom we depend and to whom we owe our allegiance and our service. There is no downside. There are simply roles that we all play with the understanding that play is the operative word and that none are left out of or wanting from sustenance. It is true that my mother enters menopause, as does your species, in order to care for and provide whatever is needed when her active mothering phase of birthing young is at an end. This in no way diminishes her role of what you, and there's a haughty sniff or snort of sorts meant to convey disdain, what you erroneously and egregiously call crone. I'll insert here that the human definition of crone is a cruel or ugly old woman. Orca continues, 
The feminine wisdom after her long cycle of identifying self, creating what lies within and offering it to the world, reaches its highest point in fecundity in ensuring that our numbers remain stable, that we all have enough to eat, and that all remain secure in the web of life upon whom so many depend. And then there's a rather graceful, slow barrel roll of a turn, a slight sassy switch of the tail fluke up and down in a goodbye motion, and male orca returns to his mother's side, who gives me a nod and a heartfelt pulse of energy, which, coming from orca, feels more like a sonic boom. (laughs) They disappear into the depths, side by side, united. So you see, when we circle back around to our rather limited definition, based only upon our own societal structure of male versus female, there is no unity. There's no elevated role for everyone individually, because we're so at war, as I was back in my 20s, with a belief system that no longer serves any one of us. It is best to align with the earth as the originator of the master— and in this case, meaning principle, ending with the P-A-L, of most important language, that of energy, and leave any other human-centric interpretation behind us. After all, however will we evolve if not together? And at least, that's how the animals see it. Thanks for listening today. Leave a review if you'd like, and be sure to subscribe to this podcast. I offer all new clients a free 15-minute consultation. Reach out if you think I can be of service and to schedule online via www.lazanneflynn.com. Come and find me on social media, Facebook, Twitterverse, Instagram, and LinkedIn. I encourage you to sign up for my quarterly newsletter on my website, where I also post notices for upcoming events, the starting date of courses in the Animals Eye View Academy, and online psychic fairs. The episodes of this podcast are now available on my YouTube channel, complete with subtitles, so check out that link in my podcast footer and be sure to subscribe. There's also a link for the Buzzsprout subscription service in my podcast footer that's now available. Sign up to give recurring support today. It starts out as little as $3 per month. The animals and I thank you in advance. Tune in in two weeks' time where the next message from our animal ambassador awaits, and it's from Bird. It sounds like the message is meant to be sing. They're saying cheep cheep, (laughs) as in the sound we tell our young, just learning to talk, is what a bird sounds like. My hunch is that Bird thinks we can expand on that quite a bit. This has been the Animal's Eye View podcast. I'll see you next time.